0: Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today, I am excited to welcome back to the show, Marnie Free from Bethesda Workshops and my former professor in the PSAP program. (laughs)
1: Hi, Drew. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm happy to be with you, and I'm excited to let people know about a resource you have co-authored with Rob Weiss called Out of the Doghouse for Christian Men. What a title! And the doghouse meaning the place where you go when you get caught cheating.
1: Yes. Uh, It's interesting to me. Um, We're talking about this book. I've gotten some significant pushback from... um, via email from a partner whom I don't know, just, you know, I get tons, just scads of emails, most of them from people I don't know, but really pushing about, you know, um, and clearly she's, she identifies as a woman and that she's uh, an unhappy, betrayed partner. So I understand that completely, but it's like, but say, you know, a helpful guide for men caught cheating. That makes it sound like they don't need to do anything unless they're caught. Which is a good, which is a good point. Um, and that's certainly not the intention of the book to have a message like that. but but, yeah, what we do as addicts, what we do is people who are unfaithful, who practice infidelity, who betray uh, all of those terms. Um, we put ourselves in, quote, the doghouse of relationships, and we, harm relationships in huge, huge ways. And so I'm really glad that in your fabulous work and, and podcasts and stuff for primarily men who um, want to be husband material, and maybe they're not living up to that very, very well at the moment, to help them understand more of the just devastation that their wives feel. Um, so I'm really glad, excited to be be talking with you about this topic. It's uh, very dear to me for a variety of reasons that I'm sure we'll unpack.
0: Yeah. We're talking about betrayal trauma and the impact of virtual sexual activity on a partner. So Marnie, why are you so passionate about this topic?
1: I'm passionate first because I grew up in a sexually addicted home. So I have been... um, Influenced and deeply impacted in a negative way by my father's sexual addiction, a pastor, man who deeply, deeply loved the Lord, who did so much good for so many people. Um, who I think was overwhelmed with shame all his life at his behavior. Uh, never found the courage to to address it really at all. Um, but I I know what it's like to be in that sense of betrayal as a daughter and a parent and the impact of that. So I've grown up with that always. Uh, I identify primarily as a love, sex, and relationship addict myself. And I'll tell you for your listeners a little more about that in a minute. But, um, But very recently in my own journey, meaning within the last couple of years, I've discovered after 40 years of marriage that I also am the partner of a sex addict that my husband had hid my now ex-husband had hid um, pretty significant sexual acting out for probably decades. So, wow. Wow. Uh, I was very blindsided by that. I was well aware there were huge challenges in the relationship and a huge, huge disconnect that I had been, uh, completely powerless over and unsuccessful about trying to change for the last 15 to 20 years for sure um and so i was real aware of that i wasn't naive about that to think oh we have this great relationship and frankly i had protected that relationship uh, in terms of publicly I, I don't know i'm exploring that now with my own therapist and spiritual director some of the the reasons but probably because i for a Good while still had hope, and probably also because I felt like that I had. Um, people would say you have such a powerful story, and this is so encouraging. And I'm like, like gosh, but if they knew that my own recovery didn't translate into this happily ever after in terms of a marriage, that would just be so discouraging. And I, I felt like um, I was still on such a personal spiritual journey of deepening my own walk with God through all of that. And I'm very grateful for that, that I just didn't feel free to share it uh, until this discovery. And, um, and now I am beginning to share it more um, publicly, like, like here. And it's the rest of the story for me. So it's a heartbreaking story. You know, I've worked with partners since the beginning. Uh, My mother was obviously the partner of a sex addict. And she was just astonishingly uh, impacted by his sexual addiction. And knowing her heartbreaking story about that, my mother died when I was three. And that part may be too long of a story for, for our time together. But um, but I believe that that a huge contributing factor to her death was my father's sexual addiction because she chose to ignore significant symptoms of illness. And I think it's because it was, it was the only way out for her. And so I have just had such a heart for, for partners of addicts from my own story, especially from my mother's story. And now from my story as an adult female married partner myself. So I'm coming to this whole thing of, uh, it feels like from every from every single angle, and today it sounds kind of weird, but I'm I remain really grateful for that. You know, just
0: yeah, not not necessarily grateful for it, but grateful in it.
1: Grateful in it, um, in some ways, even grateful for it. I always say, um, you know, you we prayed together before we started this podcast, and and you mentioned, you know, thank you, God, for Marnie and her courage. And every time, I just think, y'all, I'm not courageous really this is just my story and god has so clearly invited me and instructed me tell the story and then continually opens vehicles to do that everything from you know dateline in 2004 when sex addiction was hardly a thing you know to to today where we're in 2022 uh to tell a story and it doesn't feel courageous. It just feels, this is the story. And I see so much of God's presence now um, through it, for which I'm so grateful. That's been the deepest cry of my heart for the last 30 years. It's just God helped me know and see you more and want you more than anything else in the world. And I have that today, Drew. Um, so it just, I'm I'm grateful because it's these experiences that just drove me in desperation deeper and deeper and deeper into the heart of God. And that's a good thing.
0: Thank you so much for telling your story and for helping us become a little bit more open to our stories. Marnie, this betrayal trauma was impacting you for a long time. Even though you weren't aware of it, and now a lot of things make more sense,
1: yes, <laughs> yes, completely. and in many ways, the discovery of my ex-husband's secret was a gift. Um, I had chosen to separate from him after thirty nine years of marriage, just because of the uh, it came to feel very emotionally abusive. the the deprivation in that relationship of any kind of real relationship. Uh, We do life together really well. Uh, We can still do that, cooperate with our kids and grandkids and, you know, different things when, when we need to. Um, And there was just such a total absence of any kind of, of intimacy of, of any form for so long. and I just kept hitting that black, that huge wall, and just could not, could not get through. Couldn't do anything to make that any different, and was myself getting more ill, uh, always uh, emotionally, physically. I have uh, an autoimmune disorder, and that was was ramping up again, um, and just, just so much stuff about that, and so with the help of both my spiritual director and a therapist really and some dear inner circle friends came to understand that this relationship was repeating the deprivation of my childhood in every way. And back literally in every way, I just didn't know one of the biggest ways in terms of the sexual betrayals. Uh, And I chose to separate. I had zero plans to divorce. I got so much relief from being separate. Um, and just so much relief pretty immediately and so much peace. And I was I was content in that. And to to have this discovery then after so many years of working on this to no avail. And, and because of his reaction to this discovery, which was not at all um, what we would teach and hope that people would do. Um, zero embracing of responsibility, much less any type of healing steps. Um, then I felt really free to be done. And so i am I am grateful. I'm grateful for that. And I understand my own story now and our marital story, uh, especially the last thirty years since I entered recovery. And that's a gift um, because even, like all partners, um, before this discovery, I would think in different times, you know, maybe if I were fill in the blank, this or that, or really at a deeper level down in my bones, understand this was not about me. I could have done nothing to change it. I tried everything, a lot of unhealthy things, um, especially early in the beginning, uh, anger and and resentment and and all kinds of stuff and a whole lot of really, really healthy relational things. When you do this, I feel this, and I'm going back to counseling. Will you come and be a part of that? Just, I mean, just everything. Um, And it didn't make any difference. And it's a gift to me to understand that it didn't make any difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Understanding is a gift even though it can be really, really difficult.
1: Yeah let's let's talk about that the trauma part because I don't want to to sugarcoat this. I mean I I hope that my demeanor reflects how I feel inside, which is I am peaceful. I am joyful. I am grateful. I am truly living my best life. I am I am healthier, spiritually, physically, emotionally, just um, fitness level than I have ever been in my life, literally. So I'm doing great. And there've been 18 months of real darkness. So I think that that for the partners who are listening, I really want to honor that betrayal trauma and the shock of discovery or disclosure and all the stuff that you go through, because I have been through every single bit of that telling kids and and other people and divorce and figuring out finances and just all of this, can I say it? Shit that goes in, in all of this crap that you're dealing with. And, you know, by the way, in the middle of this shit show, there's not a pony. There's, there's just not, you know, sometimes people say, well, underneath all that crap, there's a pony somewhere. Nope. (laughs) Nope. I mean, eventually, you know, I found the pony of, deeper self-esteem and, and God and all kinds of stuff but in the middle of it no there's no point. this is just total crap this is terrible um and I think that that the men who are listening who are the if they're the ones who betray would I know that's your primary audience they need to get what a big 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 hairy deal this is this is I really believe I've taught this for 25 years and now on a personal level, I know it differently. I believe that the trauma of sexual infidelity um, is, is the the biggest trauma. It's the biggest pain a person can feel other than the death of a child. I believe that with all my heart. This is, it is different than drugs or alcohol. It's different than um. The betrayal trauma I experienced was different than the 30 years of such total emotional shutdown, uh, which was chronically very devastating to me and not like this overt sexual betrayal trauma. It's just a really big deal.
0: Can we talk about that a little bit? Because in the book, Out of the Doghouse, there's this research about virtual sexual activity. And the impact of it. Is acting out with porn really the same as infidelity in person?
1: Uh, it absolutely is. Um, online, non crossing the flesh line activities count. Because Rob says infidelity is the betrayal of the um, relationship trust by the keeping of significant secrets. From your romantic other, now that's as Christian a definition as you're going to get, and it explains why just pornography is infidelity. It's a secret. It's it's a betrayal of that relationship trust. Um, and and I've heard from partners for forever that that one of the reasons that pornography and online activity is so devastating to them. Um, is that if it's a real life person that somebody's acting out with, then um, partners can kind of compare and say, Well, I mean, she's maybe a little whatever too. And so maybe I'm, you know, maybe I could measure up to that if I just did this or that or whatever. But with pornography, with online stuff, the novelty is endless no real human being can ever compare, can ever match up to all of the stuff that's online, all the just continual kaleidoscope of images and activities and people and all of that. And so men and women look at relationships differently and they look at sex differently. Um, Generally speaking, Men are much more just visually sexually turned on. That's changing now in our young women who are growing up in the visual age. But still, there's some, some brain anatomy about that, that um, men can compartmentalize sex and are often turned on by body parts. And, uh, and to them, he really believes about himself. This really doesn't have anything to do with her, my wife. This is separate. I do love her. I'm actually even attracted to her. I just do this other thing. Women will never look at sex like that. Uh, It is much more relational thing, much more an emotional thing. And the idea of separating sex and relationships that just does not compute with her at all. I think partially that's how God made us. That's how God wired us. Uh, the feminine brain is wired a little bit more for communication, for for uh, emotional stuff.
0: And what are some of the ways we can make the situation better?
1: Uh, Rob does a great job as well about that and pointing out Rob likes lists. So here are 10 things that make it worse and 10 things that make it better and whatever. I'm not sure there are 10 of each one of those, but you get the point. Um, the The first is kind of like well dub, continue doing it. But how many of us? Uh, again, I'm I'm an addict myself. I've been in recovery for thirty years for my own, primarily multiple affairs, um, and and we keep doing it. You know, we'll say I'm I'm sorry and I'm going to stop and probably mean that in the moment, but to continue that behavior. So so the first thing that would make it better is literally stop that's another whole conversation. And you've got all kinds of good material about what that process looks like and resources and all those kinds of things. But to stop, to stop um, acting out with pornography or other online stuff or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, So that's, that's the first thing. Uh, A second thing is take full ownership. Just, I'm wrong. This is completely about me. You didn't cause this. You can't, fix it. This is not because you are whatever, less than in some way that she might believe that she is Um, to honor her pain, to acknowledge, of course, you're upset. This is a huge betrayal. Uh, I'm sorry. There's no reason for you to believe that at the moment. Um, I expect that. And I want to, I intend to walk out um, showing that I want to be different. But to honor that pain, this is a big deal. You know, is there anything I can do at this moment that might be helpful? So to honor honor that pain, to actually get helped, to then literally walk it out, to to walk his walk and not just talk his talk. To again access great resources like your podcast and other materials from from your ministry. Um, maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's being a part of a support group or a twelve step group. Just doing all of the things that. Um, that one can do to learn to live life differently.
0: And it's really cool. And then we also need to remember that she might still be feeling the same way, even though I'm feeling better.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's a great point because we who have done the betraying and now we're stopping it. We know how hard that is. I mean, that's really, really, really hard. My point is we know how hard this is to stop. And sometimes then we expect the people that we have betrayed to be sympathetic about that. Wrong. No, it doesn't work that way. We want to get kudos for being sober, for not using porn or whatever it is we're doing. And to her, it's like, dude, this is what you should have done always and what I expected and what you pledged to do. So you get zero, zero, zero credit for Doing that. You're not gonna get any out of voice from me. So he needs to understand that, that he doesn't get any kudos for taking this journey, for being sober, for now keeping his promises, because that's what she reasonably expected to start with. So that's a very important point. And again, part of it is is our shame and part of it is our, I just don't want you, honey, to be so upset. So let me tell you all the good stuff I've done. And let me tell you, I'm not doing any of this anymore. And I'm so much better. And she's like, I don't really give a rip. I, you know, I am still just reeling over here. And he needs to understand that.
0: Absolutely. And rather than invalidating those feelings and saying, uh, look, I'm doing great. So therefore you shouldn't be doing so badly. Coming in and saying, like you modeled for us, of course, it's still extremely difficult. What I did hurt you so much, and it's probably never going to go away completely. And I'm going to live with that. And I know you have to live with that every day. Marnie, what would you like to say to any partners who are listening to this?
1: I want to say, oh, precious one. First, I'm so sorry. This is a tremendous, tremendous betrayal. And you have every right to feel every single thing that you're feeling. And um, and you deserve different. And you can get help to reach out for help, to not carry this alone. You don't have to protect him. You don't have to protect the secret. That's a hard thing for partners, because even if she's telling her story in the healthiest way, my guy's looking at pornography and I feel blah, blah, blah. That's about as healthy as it gets. She's still outing him. And I find it both kind of sweet and also just heartbreaking that many partners still want to protect their guy. Sometimes that's practical. Well, I'm afraid he'll lose his job or he's in ministry or he's a Christian educator or whatever, uh, or people will think less of him. But sometimes it's really a a livelihood thing. Well, if the secret comes out here, there may be all of these ramifications. Um, But she doesn't, you don't have to protect it. You know, Um, to carry this secret by yourself is really, really hard. And I would say to her, find people who know how to help about this. And sadly, there are a lot of people who want to be helpful. So yay, who don't know how and who actually make it worse because they'll tell a partner stuff like, well, guys do this. I mean, actually, statistically more do it than don't, (laughs) but that's not helpful. That really doesn't matter.
0: Lust is every man's battle.
1: All of us who live in the world face battles Um, or Maybe they'll tell her, well, if you would just do X, Y, Z. So and often that's something physical or sexual, lose weight or gain weight or be more sexual or whatever. Uh, Or if you would be more interested in what he's interested in, you know, so um, hobbies or watching football or whatever, you know, then then this would be better. That's just wrong. That's, that's not helpful advice. And so to find people who can honor this pain and who can help her, uh, walk, walk through this in ways that, that honor herself and honor her pain and don't make her responsible somehow for his stuff because she's not.
0: Amen, Marnie, in your healing journey right now, what are you learning and what is God teaching you?
1: uh, God is teaching me that, uh, she is ever present. And yeah, you heard that pronoun. Uh, so another longer story to me, and this journey has only solidified, uh, I, I think of and view God more these days as mama God, uh, the feminine nurturing, uh, it's completely theological, correct folks. Um, as God is is not gendered, but um, but that nurturing, loving, um, rocking, ever present uh, being is is so 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 clear to me. Um, I'm learning. I get to continue to grow and heal. That I am never done. I'm almost sixty six years old, and I'm not done healing, and that's a good thing today. Um, I've stopped beating myself up about, you know, well, of course, I'm in a lot of pain. I mean, it doesn't matter. I've taught this for 30 years. This is now my life. And yes, I've done a lot of work. Uh, and actually that work, I'm, I'm experiencing the fruits of it, um, because I had a whole really super strong foundation going into this season of understanding my own betrayal trauma. Um. But I get to always be a healing, growing person. And that's a good thing. I have seen in a different way how important support is. And I've been blessed to have support for a long time since I, I entered healing journey from my own sex and love addiction uh, in 1991. I've had a great support system and nothing like it has been in in these last couple of years. Um, The support that I've engaged has just been astonishing and I've needed it at a different level. And I've also realized that I have, um, I'm benefiting from it because I spent 20 years creating it. You know, I spent 20 years really investing in and tending to relationships with healthy others. And part of that was because there was so nothing in my marital relationship that 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 was a a, a healthy coping mechanism uh, to to really have deep, um, healthy, appropriate relationships um, and largely with other women. Um, and so I got to reap the benefit of that. But here's a surprising thing that I've also am learning through, which is. I think somehow I kind of thought, and maybe even I taught this, I kind of hope not, but maybe I did that. If you had the right resources and especially you had your people, you know, the kind that you could call at midnight when you're coming unglued or whatever, that that would be enough. And I think what I believed was that that would, would, either take the pain away or make it not hurt so much. And that's not true. What I've learned in these last couple of years is the pain is just astonishing. It's just agonizing. And even connecting with really healthy, safe, completely supportive, great others, like 10 times a day, some days was not enough to begin to soothe that pain. And I was surprised by that. Um, and I think that's something that we need to be honoring for people who are in pain. And in this case for, for betrayal trauma people, uh, that this, this stuff, life is hard and this stuff just hurts. And what that support system, the difference that makes is, I never once felt alone. I wasn't alone. My mama God was right there, and she was right there in the the voices and texts and emails. And sometimes, I mean, I've done this in a pandemic, but eventually, now in the hugs and and bodies of of supportive people. Um. And no, it it didn't assuage that pain, and I wasn't alone in it. And that does make a huge difference.
0: It didn't take away the pain, but. It did take away being alone.
1: Yes. And that's worth a
0: lot. Yeah. That secure attachment. Marnie, thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. This has been, this has been good. I'm I'm not talking um, as much. I mean, I've talked for 25 years about my own story. So, so this one is, is newer for me. So thank you for making this easy.
0: You're welcome. And, everyone who wants to check out this book uh, to escape the doghouse and rebuild your marriage um, out of the doghouse for christian men is a redemptive guide for men caught cheating which includes pornography and it can really help you take some next steps towards becoming safer and really helping your partner heal and the link to that book and to marnie's amazing workshops and other resources are down in the show notes marnie thank you so much
1: thank you drew glad to be with you
0: You're welcome. And guys remember, you are God's beloved son, and you he is well pleased.